everyone. Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I am Catherine Druckman. I am talking today to Doc Searles and Sean Powers, who you should know by now. But if you don't, you know, go to our website at reality2cast.com and you can find out who they are and who I am, I guess. Um, so, I've yeah. Never, so to, I've never <laughs> sorry, gone there. Should I go there? You yeah. should go there. You and now them. you can you find yourself. You'll find yourself. <laughs> should all go there. I don't actually find out, remember what I said. Find out who we are and what we're doing Probably here. like I copied and pasted yeah. your Twitter bio, but that's fine. <laughs> so yeah, so please visit our website. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can you can buy a t-shirt and stuff. I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Get really good links because we post a ton of them and we think they're helpful. And they kind of supplement the podcast episodes. So yeah, please check that out. So... Today we're talking about health tech. We, you know, we have a few, a few products. Each of us have some products that we're kind of into that are related to health, and we wanted to talk about that a little bit and and what it means and sort of the greater ecosystem, both the Internet and of Things and our, you know, our devices that aren't connected. And there's, I think there's a lot to talk about uh, in that genre, and it's particularly interesting because Apple is announcing uh possibly the next apple watch in i think four days today is the september 10th when we're recording this this will come out a week from now so we will have already heard what the new apple watch brings and and uh you can drink every time we say something that's incorrect in this episode it'll be like a little podcast drinking anyway with that uh doc you you had some thoughts yeah yeah i I wanted to uh, yeah i i wanted to sort of set the stage in a couple of ways one is I think the the system we have in the U.S. is so unique in the world that it's hard to generalize. Um, but I'll I'll do it with one distinction. One is that most of the rest of the world has something that's not what here we call single payer, but basically it's a national healthcare system. And so your personal health data is basically you know part of a national system, which is much simpler than what we have in the U.S. And what you may say is the rest of the world in one way or another has some degree of socialized medicine. What we have in the US is supposedly a free market system, but it's really not in the sense that it's B2C. It's a B2B insurance business. And that's basically what it is. It's a B2B insurance business. And and we participate in that, but basically the onus is on employers to provide uh, health insurance. And we you know, kind of pick up the slack on it. But there are many, many, many players involved in this. And because we're in the digital world right now, and we're early in the digital world, and because the digital world came without privacy, we have to kind of improvise privacy as we go along. So on the one hand, we are right to suspect that pretty much everything that we say or do that's on the web or that involves a client server service, where we're always the client and they're always the server, is at risk because that information can be leaked out by parties other than ourselves to which we are dependent, and uh, and that's you know that's sort of an, an early state that we're in. And there are some companies that have worked hard to be more trustworthy than others. Um, on this show, the last couple of weeks, we've done a pretty good job, I think, of bashing on Apple for what it did. Um, but uh, with with the CSAM stuff, which they've now backed off on, I think at great cost to the work they've they had done to uh, create a. Uh, a, a reputation around privacy, but I do know that from people who worked with them that they really do care a great deal about that. And that's one reason why I, and I suspect all three of us on on here, have an Apple Watch, and and I got it at the recommendation. I got mine anyway at the recommendation of a doctor of of a cardiologist, and in, in more than one case, the cardiologist has said, "Let's save." Um, in my case, Medicare, a couple hundred bucks for an EKG by just looking at your watch. I can tell well enough from that how it's going. Or let me, you know, if you're willing to show me your phone where here's the record of your, your EKGs that you've taken for yourself. And there's several things going on there. I mean, one is there, you're sort of outsourcing some of healthcare to the, to the patient themselves. Another is that we're developing a kind of a trusted relationship with a single Internet of Things vendor to provide us with information that we need. But I think basically we're really, really early in whatever it is that this is going to become. And in, and I think as it becomes that, we're in a place where the US situation and the world situation are going to be very different. What they'll share is that there will be still 
an awful lot being done on the server side that we don't have much control over. So, so that's, you know, interesting. So you mentioned Apple, which is of course interesting because they have one of the most popular health tech devices out there and we all have one. Um, and early on, they, you know, they did some really great work. You know, it's, it's one of the few devices I trust with a lot of that type of data or it did. <laughs> and, you know, I still do because I understand that, you know, the health data is encrypted appropriately or as far as I can tell, uh, or as far as I'm aware, but, but yeah, they did kind of undermine some of that trust, you know, recently with this CSAM thing. So, you know, I, I'm coming from a place where I'm skeptical, I think, usually about any kind of connected health device, because, it's, you know, again, we live in, we live in a country where we're penalized for having, doing anything wrong, you know, having, I worry about logging my food and internet connected uh, apps and that kind of, you know, like, I think our, we have this weird culture in the U.S. where people want to assign blame to people for their health conditions. And, 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 and then you have the, you know, the, the for-profit healthcare system that also penalizes anybody that does not have perfect health. So, so it's, you know, it makes one a little bit more careful with, with, with the information that you share. But all of that said, you know, if, if the benefits outweigh the risks, I think that most of us are willing to accept some of that risk. For example, you know, like, like you say, the, there's a lot of valuable information that's provided by th things like an Apple Watch. And, and potentially even more so with some of the features that are rumored to come out, which I guess we'll see if, if, they're, if they're announced uh, by the time this podcast comes out. But um, one of them is potentially blood glucose monitoring. Another one that I've read a rumor about is temperature monitoring, anything like that. And, you know, so I guess the, the question is, do we still trust Apple devices with this information? Maybe at this point, probably. But there are a lot of other a lot of other companies producing smart health devices, and and how do you decide which one you want to trust with your data? And and I don't know, it's an interesting question. So what do y'all think? I mean, I'm an Apple Watch user too. I have one. Um, I like. I actually got it when COVID started. This model because it does the blood oxygen level, mm -hmm. and I thought if I get it, you know, it'll be great to have constant monitoring there. I, I think that part of the issue with with the privacy of our data is that having local spreadsheets with all of the information isn't nearly as useful as the tools that they provide you like you know they they have access to your data so they give you tools that make it very useful like if you look on twitter i posted a screenshot of my apple watch showing a bike ride that i took today with all of this juicy data like how like my my beats per minute my my heart and how fast I was going, just all this really cool data that if I just had that not not combined or, or not put together in a way, it would just be a spreadsheet that wouldn't be all that useful for me. But I think that it's this give and take, right? We give them access to our data and they provide a service for it. Now, with health data, I don't know that they use it, but for anything other than you know trying to get me to buy a new product, because I, I, it feels like with Apple, since we pay a premium for the devices, you know, it, it's not ad supported, right? It's my money supported. So they don't necessarily, I, I'm not the product. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's partially why I, I trust Apple a little bit more than like Google is an ad company, right? I mean, sure, they, they, make, they make phones and, and they make products now, but I mean, at their core, Google is an ad company. And that just creeps me out because that, you know, I, I, they do things with data that I don't like, whereas I, I don't know that I don't see Apple doing that with data. And I, I don't want this to become an episode on Apple again. We've had lots of <laughs> conversations about Apple. But um, yeah, I think that's why I don't I don't mind so much with Apple. I, I will say that you mentioned early on that they were good with stuff. I, I have to be honest, their health app really sucked uh, when it first came <laughs> yeah, out. It's not great. It's not, yeah. it's not great. It, it's um, I, I want more history. I want I mean, on the watch, for example, you know, because I'm monitoring my heart all the time, I don't have to, but I like, I'm able to now, so I can. And, you know, when I, yesterday I went for a long walk and my resting rate is, is about 54, uh, heart rate is 54. And so I want to get it up over, over like 100, 104, 110. Uh, so I'm doubling it and I can maintain that for a little while. So it's nice to have the watch to see that. But on the health app, it's more like, oh, kind of in this range, you did this. There, there are aftermarket 
things. I, I use a sleep app called Sleepwatch. That's really good and really helpful. Um, it's not perfect. I could go into a critique of it, but it's a competitive market and there are multiple ones I could take advantage of. And, and so I, I could swap them out if I want and look at reviews and the rest of it. That's good. I, I think the main systematic problem that we have is that we really have no control. I mean, it, it, we're just, we just have to trust them. You know, going in and out of like, do we, do we trust Apple? I, uh, Catherine, I, I think, I mean, you have a, a much higher threshold of trust than I do. I'm, I'm very practical about it. Uh, my wife is the same. Like she, she exposes nothing. She gets nothing that would, that would potentially leak at all. We got a new Roku TV a couple of weeks ago. And I had to dig really hard to find out where exactly I could turn off all the spying stuff that they might have in there. I'm not even sure I fully did it, but we're at the mercy. The way the web and the way services are designed, we are always at the mercy. Our agency starts at zero and we hope for the best. And to me, that's, and that's true worldwide. That's not just here in the US. It's not just with health. I think it's a, a design flaw that we, settled on in 19 in the early 90s and and we're, we still have today and we haven't fixed and we still have to trust parties we don't know through mechanisms we'll never see to do what's best for us and hope that we don't get harmed and that's to me that's essentially what's broken about this yeah i think the, the concern also i think there are there are a couple of things so one is the utility of a thing i think you know it, it, it is the issue if something is useful enough I think we're more likely to compromise, but at the same time, like, and, and I, I actually, you know, I, I am a fan of Apple in this case. And, you know, I do tend to trust them with at least the health data, even though I agree with you, the health app is not as good as, as some others out there that I've used. But once you start to share the information from your devices with other apps, for example, a sleep app or, or, you know, the notorious one is the, the, period apps that women use um, that will then sell out your data and, and market stuff to like, I don't know, sell you ice cream when you, they think you're hormonal or something like that. You know, I think that's when you really get into privacy violations. It's, it's not so much the, the device itself and Apple, it's the other things that you're sharing that information with and the other types of apps and yeah, and, and and other devices. So and whereas to, you may totally trust Apple, you know, it's the other Well, that's thing. the thing. To Apple's credit, if indeed they are doing what they're saying they're doing, you have very granular control over which mm -hmm. pieces of that health data the other apps have right. access to. I actually really like that. When you uh, when you connect an app to your phone uh, or allow it access to your data, you, you specifically tell mm -hmm. it, like, does it have access to this? Is it read-only access? Is it read-write access? Uh, I, I like that, you know, because like a mm -hmm. sleep app doesn't need to necessarily have access to my food log, which I actually don't have a food log in the health. And maybe they do, you know, if they're like, well, it, it turns out when you have a cup of coffee, you don't sleep well, you know, or something like that. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but it's not just this, you know, blanket access to all of your, all of your data. And if Apple's really doing what they say they're doing, it's cool. But, you know, I don't like the health app. It, it used to be really bad with devices. Like if you had Apple devices, try to remove one. I think you mm -hmm. can now, but for years, like I had like five Apple watches in my devices and there was no way to remove them um, from your health app. It was, it was insane. So, but I think that's gotten better now. I think you can actually remove devices now. You lose all the history, but you know, whatever. Huh. Okay. Uh, well, one of the things that got us talking about this was some it was our some of our favorite uh, geeky. Uh, well, not really geeky. Whatever. Uh, electronic health gadgets that incentivize our good behavior. It's pretty geeky. Okay. Let's be honest. It's kind of it's just pretty geeky. I, yeah. I mean, I have a I have the nerdiest uh, exercise bike I've ever even heard of. Yeah, it's yeah, like. I, Peloton Plus, right? I mean, I was yeah. looking at the at the specs on your on your stationary bike, and it does more than the. And maybe I only maybe Peloton is only uh, known because of their advertising campaigns. I mean, maybe that's the only reason yeah. they've become the standard everybody compares to. But yeah, it's uh yeah yeah no, it's pretty great. So um, I should say what it is. It is called the Carol. I have a Carol AI bike, and it it it's pretty cool. I mean, it, it's it's very nerdy. It's very sciencey. It is designed to give you a high intensity interval workout that it, you should totally look at the website because I'm going to butcher this explanation, but 
the idea is that in a pretty short amount of time and very short sprints, you can deplete the glycogen in your muscles and it has all these great health benefits and it's backed up by a lot of really good uh, information and research. And it, and it is, it is a connected device. I have connected it to the internet and the people at Carol can totally see when I am, you know, on the wagon and off the wagon <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, they can see my power output and all of this stuff and there are leaderboards. I can, you know, at one point, I think it was like the number 10 female, most powerful female user at some point. It was oh, cool. oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, no, I was like, I have some pretty strong legs <laughs> as it turns out. Uh, yeah. So, because of the utility, I, I do. And it does. And now that, but you know, you get bored with the same routine. Well, so I have I not used it as much as I should use it. When now, I do use it, it's great. Yeah. There's another app too, that like you put a screen up and it'll like, you can watch different like scenery on a screen. Well, yeah. So you can plug it into the, the, Pe the Peloton app. Uh, they've integrated Peloton into the Carol bike, yeah. um, uh, software so you can just switch back and forth and you can do and the screen isn't as big and pretty as a peloton but that's fine you're so close to it that it doesn't matter and yeah you can like do a little bike ride through france or through you know along a beach somewhere which is, i've never done them you know, at all so I, yeah i've never done either of yeah them, no, so I just, it's kind of neat i like it and you know whatever will get me on an exercise bike i think is a good thing and it's it goes back to the utility of it you know i'm willing to say well to hell with this fine i'll connect it to the internet i'll let them track every small amount of exercise i do as much as, much as that's normally not something i would necessarily be comfortable with but in this case it's, it's you know it's such a good product i'm like okay fine i went Take the other it. way this week which i know we were talking about before the show i yeah. i have an actual bike that i bought it's um it's it's not stationary unless it's parked <laughs> it um it's a lot of fun Here, here's the issue i have is that i'm only going to be able to use my really cool bike which i'll expand on in a minute for another month or so because then it's going to snow here mm -hmm. whereas you know stationary bikes you can use them year-round assuming that they're indoors or whatever um so i talk reading up on your your carol bike here i'm a little sad because I only have like another month of riding before I'm done. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's why I'm kind of asking if you enjoy the stationary bike, because I love riding this new bike so much that oh, I'm a little right bummed. With her. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. Um, so uh, the, I will tell you another benefit of my cool bike. Okay. Um, the Peloton integration is a lot cheaper. <laughs> As it turns out, you only have to do like the $12, $12.99 something like that. A Peloton plan when you're just using the app. When you're using Peloton on the Peloton, it's like forty dollars a month because you get you get more you get more interaction. You can actually like I don't know have some sort of communication with live classes and stuff that I would never do or use. So so it actually works out really well. I think it's a really cool thing. I, you know I I have not been paid for this endorsement, but I think it's 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 really worth it's worth looking into. I think uh, so. It's something that kind of made the rounds on a lot of the biohacker uh podcasts and blogs and stuff maybe a year or two ago before i actually bought it i heard about it through people who were interested in that sort of thing it's definitely worth looking into i think it's a i think it's a really cool device i don't know how the adoption has been or or whatnot but do you want to hear my do you want to hear my winter exercise plan i do have one yes i totally do it might be my last episode here because uh it, it just breaks all of the rules of people who are concerned about privacy but i have an oculus quest 2 and mm. it's owned by facebook and you have to have a facebook account to even use the thing you have to log in with your facebook account anyway uh there's an app called uh, supernatural and it's kind of like one of those apps where like Beat Saber or whatever, where like the oh, music goes that. and you like, <laughs> like hit things with mm -hmm. like your laser swords or whatever. Um, it's kind of like that, but it's designed as a workout thing. And so you, you're in VR and you have these beautiful scenic scenes all around you and you're on a platform and you like hit balloons with your two different colored bats or whatever. It's so far, it's kind of cool, but I'm waiting. I, I I haven't even, I'm just in a trial period now. I'm waiting to see. I mean, 
all of this data is going to Facebook. I mean, Facebook, it doesn't get any creepier <laughs> than Facebook, right? So I, I cannot even imagine the ads that I'm going to get this winter when mm. I start using Supernatural for workouts every day. I'm going to have a nonstop stream of, so you think you're fat? Well, try this, you know? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I, oh, no. But I don't, I, I don't I, think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, I'm wondering, I, I think that the the ability of Facebook or Google or any of these guys to precisely target you with exactly what you want when you want it is way, 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 way overstated. And, and I've seen too much evidence to the contrary. Like the, it, it depends on what your confirmation bias is. You see one out of a hundred is like, wow, that was a bullseye. It must really know me well. And, but the rest of them are like I get now for bras and under 30 singles, you know, <laughs> it's like, why is that? I have no freaking idea. You know, it's, it's, um, there's a bra band, uh, brand called Skins. That is in every single one of the Substack subscriptions that I have. I don't know why, but you know, if I have a Substack subscription, there it's going to be. And it could be they're buying it for everybody. They, they're not. They're not being discriminatory at all. But we don't know. I mean, it's a completely different topic. But but I'm but I'm curious about your 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 VR thing. So you're saying you're on your you're on your stationary bike and you're looking at the world go by. Is that? Oh, no, this isn't a bike thing. No, this is oh, a really? stand up in the middle of your living room thing. And, ah, okay. And you're transported. And I have to admit, you want, they, they hooked me, right? Because before you even sign up, there's like you install the app and you try it and you're standing on the surface of Mars oh, in a see, complete yeah. three-dimensional VR landscape. And these like balloons are flying at you and you hit them with your swords it was it was the coolest thing ever yeah, I, I would felt be really like, into that yeah i felt like star wars and nasa had a baby and and i got to play um, <laughs> i don't know it was it was so cool and but so you yeah. know <sighs> you know what you're signing up for you know and it, it's not like no you're being duped into sharing this information they're well how much I information that... are they what i don't know is i mean so they're going to know how often I work out. They're going to know the types of music that I choose when I'm doing it. They're going to know, uh, you know, how, what my duration, is. I don't know how much data they're going to get from the games that I play and how much the company share, like, cause it's not Facebook, the company who has the app. I mean, how much does Facebook glean from the bits going back and forth to this supernatural company that I'm getting stuff from? I don't, I don't know. It's completely not clear what data is going, how much of it is going, and what, if anything, they're going to do with it. I mean, I'll, I'll keep everybody posted. If all of a sudden, yeah. you know, I start doing this and I get nonstop ads for, you know, workout stuff, that'll be interesting. Doc, you say that it's overstated. I wonder if that's because maybe you're more careful than most. And so you get you get the, we don't know what this, we don't know anything about this guy. So let's throw well, everything. Yeah, out. And I, 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 as they used to say in broadcasting and uh, music recording. I ride gain on it. I I'm I'm constantly experimenting. I I use eight different browsers in different ways. I've 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 tried turning on and turning off all the advertising and all of the spying on Facebook and with Google to see what happens and what the difference is. And you know, using myself as a very non-scientific sample of one um, to see what goes on. And when it's all left wide open, I'm, I'm kind of amazed at how poor the, the targeting tends to be in general. Um, and, and I, I just think that the system, the systems are, I mean, it, you can have really good targeting for certain things. I mean, I, I've, I've been told by, you know, for example, you're going, <clears throat> you know, you're going uh, fly fishing on the, on the rogue river and, um, and you're talking about that and then you get ads for you know the bait and tackle shop in in the town of rogue river right if they're buying an ad that makes sense and that that's nothing surprising there um uh there was one bullseye with facebook a few years ago i was driving up and back from i think it was i was picking up my kid from summer camp in vermont coming back to boston and on facebook before i went up it advertised a uh, fireworks in a town called Jeffrey in, or some, something like that, Joffrey, something in, uh, uh, in New Hampshire. And we stopped there and we saw the fireworks, you know, that was fun. And there was an ad for that. Now I, that makes sense. You know, I mean, it could have been sent to everybody 
everywhere around that area geographically. It could have been because it knew I was traveling. Um, I don't know. And that's also part of the problem. I mean, if, if you're, there's this cognitive overhead that's required on our side to try and figure out what it is that something's doing on our screen where um, with the daily newspaper, you know, you, you open up the sports section, you see ads for tires, you know, it's not personal. Um, but you know that the tire companies know that, you know, people who read sports are more likely to buy tires than, than, than people who read the, you know, the arts and leisure section probably. And it works, it works in a branding way. Uh, it doesn't necessarily work in a, in an accountable way, which is what digital advertising wants now. I want everything to be accountable. And as um, Dr. Fu has been on the show several times, I'll say, the accounting is horrible. Uh, it's really horrible. Now, maybe not with Facebook, but, but Facebook's a black box for these, you know, even for the advertisers. So they can game it any way they want. The regulators can ask for something and they'll give them some vague answer and they won't be able to see the whole thing because there's a big, you know, um, cloth drawn over the whole thing so nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes um anyway it's still i i it is far and you you know you you mentioned that you know you just you notice the ones that stick out and the rest is better i i just opened my phone like see i posted this Mm -hmm. picture like i said of my bike ride the very first ad is for aventon bikes uh it's an e-bike the second you know where there's like scroll left to right ads yeah um, well, this one right here, this first one is a chair because in a Slack message, we've been talking about office chairs. Actually, we talked about office chairs on this on this episode. The mm-hmm. second the second one is for a DJ board. A friend of mine earlier today uh, sent me a message on Instagram uh, because he got a new DJ board. And so there's an ad for it right here. The third one, um, Michigan Wild Edibles. I'll, I'll admit, I don't know why I have that one um well you're in michigan i mean this is not but i mean the rest of them are so targeted let's see the next ad is for wing e-bikes uh everything every ad here i can tell you exactly why i'm seeing it the third one Mm -hmm. himaway bike apparently i buy lots of e-bikes because people want to sell them to me (laughs) Um, when I bought a new car, I, all I got was car ads. I'm like, why do you think I need another new car? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really, I mean, <laughs> again, accurate. Sean, that's, that's, I mean, if they're watching you and you just posted something that, that was, uh, you know, bike or health related and, you know, every advertiser that has Michigan health bike checked off on their, on their targeting thing, you know, because there's this table that they give you mm. where you check off a whole bunch of variables. And if you if you line up on those variables, it goes out to it goes out to you. It's not I mean, it's personalized in the sense that you're the one looking at it, but pretty much everybody that makes those variables are also being hit. And then Facebook's charging them for them. And, you know, because you see, seem to be a qualified lead. There's not much mystery in that. The mystery is what else happens behind there. You know, to where else does that information go? Do the do the advertisers, what do the advertisers know? Do they leave that interaction with something about you they can take somewhere else? I tend to think they don't. And maybe one of our listeners who knows Facebook advertising better than, than I or we do can fill us in on that. But because frankly, Facebook said, oh, we got to keep all this action to itself, right? I suppose. But I, 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 I want to jump back to a, a, a different thing about your Oculus, which is okay. Yeah. if, if, if Oculus had an app that was the the computer program called Starry Night. Starry Night, you're, you're mentioning standing on Mars. Starry Night is this astronomy thing where your, your desktop or your laptop or your big screen, whatever it is, is now a planetarium and you can click on any star and find out all the information about the star. You can also go there. You can also like fly there as if in a spaceship. And you can go to Mars and you can look around. Now, of course, they have some, some canned imagery of Mars from one of the Mars landers. So you're standing where, you know, Opportunity or one of those other runabouts that have been on Mars has seen a, a scene. But you're standing there. And actually, if you look down, it'll show some feet. But you can fly up from there. You can fly back to Earth. You can fly to, you can go all the way out in the galaxy. You can, one of the coolest things is you can turn on all of the constellations. You see the lines between the constellations between the stars and the constellations. But as you go farther and farther from the solar system, 
they all move into other positions and all this all the constellations move into other shapes because of course all the stars are different distances from from here you know it's just our perspective but it is a really cool tool and if that was on an oculus and i could fly around with that because you could actually like tour the milky way go to andromeda fly back to to the milky way here go forward in time and watch over 4 billion years how andromeda and the milky way um collide there's all kinds of interesting stuff like that that would be fabulous for teaching astronomy but i have a feeling that's not there i wouldn't but be surprised i don't know if it was i mean I, i've used it on you know on lots of platforms starting or the same data with with other yeah. other apps the problem with uh oculus with any vr technology right now i don't know if you've used them a lot um, barely they're they're cool but they're not great they still mm -hmm. use fresnel lenses so mm. you, you have to look really in the middle if you look off of the side it gets really wonky really quick mm. um you know they they use terms like oh it's like 5k resolution which sounds amazing until you think okay but that's 360 degrees of you know motion or it, it's not great uh mm -hmm. resolution it's really cool but it's not like being there yet yeah i i, I wouldn't be surprised if starry night or something similar using that same data is available uh where you could fly around that'd be yeah, it would be fun. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, my point without what a one point is that would tempt me. Something like that would tempt tempt me. The you know take a desktop top app that's already you know useful like that or like that and puts you in another place where you can explore. There is the motion you know. sickness aspect yeah, I was though. <laughs> because because there's the well, there, there's me. a cool app that I bought uh, that you can fly with right and. Hmm. Um, you fly around and it's really cool and then you throw up and that part's not as cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, VR is weird about motion because it's, it, it's the opposite, right? It's, it's your brain thinks that it should be moving and it's not. So it gets sick just as if you were moving and, you know, it, it, so it's like the inverse of motion sick, but it's the same phenomenon where you just get really, really woozy. There's some tricks you can do. Like if you put a fan blowing on your face. Uh, your brain is like, oh, we are moving. Everything's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I can, yeah, I yeah. Can feel the wind blowing. We're fine. Um, that Disney what? World ride does that. Have you have you ever been Have you ever been on that thing, the the mission space or something, where you like go to Mars yep. and it's really yep. intense? Yeah, almost I remember, passed out. <laughs> yeah, so the first time I went on that, like I think I just I I you know I did I did the intense version, of course. Same. Like an and then you you get out and you kind of like stumble through the gift shop, and I was just like wandering the gift shop for like thirty minutes, stunned. <laughs> Because mm. I was so disoriented and I didn't get sick or anything, but I was just like, wow. Yeah, I felt like <laughs> I my know, brain it, got it was, scrambled was, a little bit. Like Yeah, it scrambled my brain a tiny bit. Yeah. I, I had to like get my get my uh my what is oh God, my land legs back for like a good 30 minutes in the kitchen. Is, is, is that one of those where design. where you're sitting there and and you're actually not going anywhere, but the 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 visuals change in your seat. Yeah, you definitely around. feel it, no, like no, it you spins you. Actually, there's G, there's literal G yeah, forces. It, does. it is yeah. moving you and spinning yeah, you. Yeah, it's moving. Yeah. Okay. And so you, you can actually, go on a nerfed version that isn't, but yes, the, the exactly. good one, you're definitely. Yeah, the the good yeah, one is spinning. You get a couple G's, and actually, my vision mm. started to narrow, which I'd oh. never experienced before. But it was like, whoa, this is. I mean, I'm gonna die, but this is cool. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, it's intense. It is. They there are warnings, and yeah, I know it's serious. You know, okay. it's interesting. It, it, I, I was, uh, I took a zero G flight once. Um, there's a company called Zero G. Oh and, man, and it that was had to in, be awesome. It was is incredibly awesome. And uh, here's the thing: I was driving to CES uh, from California, in, in Las Vegas, and on the way, I got a phone call from somebody who said, "Hey, hey, Doc, you actually, you're kind of into aviation, right?" I said, "Yeah." So, you want to take a zero G flight like today when you get to Las Vegas? Damn <laughs> straight. He said, they said, okay, well, here's the thing. Intel, which had a booth, of course, at, at, at CES, had promised 30 winners of flight on this thing. And four of them chickened out. They oh, won. Man. They were winners, but they chickened out. And they said, we got four seats. I said, hold it, man. I'm going. But one of the yeah. things I learned before we went up is that your balance, your orientation, your way of getting it along in the world where is is visual. Primarily it's visual. I mean, you you can blind people, of course, learn to adapt, 
you know, you 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 do have ways of adapting without vision, but but that's how you know where you are. So one of their pieces of advice is keep your eyes open. Don't close your eyes when you're floating around, right? And then and that will keep you from from getting sick. They also give you Dramamine before you go up anyway. But it's it it was. Uh, and and it really applies. I mean, you know, I know I'm upside down now. I know I'm rolling. I know this is happening, and it also helps to know exactly what the plane is doing. Because before I went up, I thought, oh, I actually thought the plane goes into a steep dive, and that's what this was about. It's not at all that the plane merely it kind of goes in a sinusoidal thing where it goes gradually up to like fifteen thousand feet, down to five, back up to fifteen, back to five. Um, it's actually more like thirty-five, thirty, you know. 25, 30, 35. But it's not, it's not a dive. It's it's really kind of a slow roll. So you go at the bottom of the trough, you go to like two, two G's, but you're laying on the floor. You don't even, I mean, you're laying on the floor already. You just turn into a heavier person. Um, if you try to do a push-up, it's harder, right? But it's pretty smooth. And then when it goes up, basically, hey, you get lighter and lighter, and then you float off the floor, right? And then you're floating for like 30 seconds at a time. And they do this 15 times. It is terribly cool. I can't but, tell you how jealous I am, Doc. Uh, no, I no, I'm jealous you got of to myself. ride the vomit comet, man. Yeah, did, but just, did you? I, I mean, did you get? No, did not you at, all. at all. Nobody. No, you were fine. N- nobody did, and and huh. I mean, my, my one regret is that I on the I way up, I actually I stopped at like a Kmart. I think they had them then, or maybe you know a, a, a big store, and I bought a a, ca- a small cat. This is before phones had cameras. It was, you know, or had good ones. I had a a, a little camera. They didn't want. They wouldn't let you bring a big camera on board. It's too heavy, right? It would it'd hit people, but but a little one you could pocket. They and so they. I, I bought one a, uh, a Canon, and I had it with me, and I took it out at one point to take a photo, and I let go of it. Oh no! <laughs> and there it and I remember it floating back. I'm telling other people, like, "Hey, can you reach for that?" But they were all in their thing, right? And and I was watching this thing sort of tumble back to the back of the to the back of the plane. And then as we got G's, I heard it clatter to the floor. <laughs> that was the end of it. <laughs> and oh, it was just, no. oh, it was too bad, That's but it was, funny. but, but, but it was fun. So I got no pictures out of it. And, but it was still, what there was, experience, though. they send you pictures that they take, but, and they send you a little video as well. And I was in like four frames of the damn video. I, I didn't, there was almost nothing to record my having been up there, but, but it was cool. It was wow. definitely cool. But anyway, but vision, vision is a, so when you take vision and you put it in some other place where your body's in one place and your eyes are in another, that is really weird. Yeah. And that's what VR, that's why people get sick in VR, myself included. I love VR, but I have to be really careful because motion in VR makes you just nauseated. I have that same problem. I I love the beats thing. What is it called? Yeah. Anyway, that thing, the game with the sticks. (laughs) I love that game, (laughs) but I can play it for, you know, five minutes maybe. And then I don't, so I don't have a problem in VR if I'm not moving, you know, if things are coming at me, it's fine. For me, it's like, if you're in a car in VR, it's, it's over. It's, oh, it's, oh, I would not be able worst. to do that. There's oh God. No that's a, that's a, that's too scary. It, it's just, especially if you've, if you've ever been in an accident where you've lost control and the car's done crazy things, oh, which so I have, bad. it's like, I would not want that. I've, I've want been, that. I've gotten lost in VR. And what I mean by that is, so, you know, you have like hand controllers that do stuff, right. To manipulate the, the world yeah. you're in. Um, somebody called me like Donna said, Hey, it's time for dinner. So I'm like, okay. And I took my controllers and I set them on a table that didn't exist. Oh, wow. <laughs> because in my head, I'm in this room. So I set the controllers down and I hear them go, clunk, clunk, clunk. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> wow. wow. So, I mean, it, it is, it's cool. I, I want to tell you about my bike. Can I just tell you about my bike? Yeah, so I was actually yeah, I was going to say, we, we, we the whole thing was we were going to oh, talk about your yeah, bike. I'm so yet. jealous that Doc was in the vomit comet, but my bike is cool too. <laughs> uh. Um, anyway, so I got in it's electric brand. So it turns out the the e-bike world right now and e-bikes, I mean, the electric assist, like pedal assist bikes where like batteries and motors help you help you go further and faster. Um, it's a huge market right now. I mean, well, like I was just reading my Facebook ad, there's like 15 ads right in a row from different companies and they're pricey. But the, the company that I found that seems to be uh, reliable and gets good reviews, but is still... I'll put, you can't see the air quotes in the audio, but affordable. Um, my bike was a mm-hmm. thousand bucks, which is a lot of money, 
but that's really Cheaper cheap. Than mine. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah, really yeah. cheap for an e-bike. Okay. Anyway, um, it's it's pedal assist. You start pedaling and it just goes and you still pedal and you have to exercise. But for the amount of effort you're putting in, you go so much faster and so much further. It's it's like somebody on Twitter today said um, that it's it feels like you're a nine year old again. Right where you just had unlimited energy and you weighed like 50 pounds so you could just mm -hmm. like bike and everything was fun. That's what it's like. I'm still pedaling. I'm sweaty. My legs hurt because today I rode 25 miles on my bike. But the whole time I'm going 15 to 20 miles an hour, which is really fast on a bicycle. I can't I cannot explain how fun it is to be on one of these bikes. And I so maybe this will redeem me on the show. Um, it's not connected to anything it, it's all local there's no cloud connectivity with the with the data you know how fast i'm going how far i'm going it's all just a local on them on the bike but if you haven't rented one or never been on one you should really try it i, I was shocked how much i, I enjoyed it I, I have one i, I don't Do have what you have i have a actually uh, uh my wife gave it to me for christmas it's a it's a uh, it's a jupiter bike if you just look up jupiterbike.com um, it's the bottom level one of that. It doesn't have gears. It does have three kind of speeds, um, which is levels of assist, basically. Um, maybe there are gears. I don't know, but it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not complicated. It's a folding one, so you can fold yep. it and Mine fold it in your to. trunk, and um, and it's pretty cool. I, I've only had it here in Santa Barbara, where of course I can. Sorry, Sean, I can ride it year-round, except yeah, no, during the rainy season. I can ride it in the fire season. That's what we're in now. You can't <laughs> ride it in the rain season. Um, but I'm going to take it to uh, to Bloomington, Indiana, where um, uh, where the movie uh, Breaking Away, uh, a bike movie, was filmed, which I like highly it? recommend. It's about 40 years old now, I think, but it's a good movie. Um, but do anyway, you like the bike? Do you, I mean, do you enjoy I like it? it. I think um, it's not I do find myself being a little jealous of, I mean, the range isn't great. If you, if you're taking hills, we have pretty steep hills here. Um, on the hills, you absolutely need to assist it. You have to be pedaling. You, okay. uh, it, it's not going to, you're not going to turn it on all the way and say, oh, take the hill guy. No, not going to do it. You're going to, you're going to work on it going up the hill, which is good. But I've gone, I think I've gone as much as like four miles and at the end of that it's you know maybe down a half i've not okay. i've not taken the battery down all the way um uh but it it's um the the battery is not huge it's built in you you can take it out and then charge it separately if you want but it's uh you know its main advantage i think is that it's small i mean the the wheel it looks like the wheels look like a, like a kid's bike they're not like the 26 inch wheels you'll have on a yeah, mine, is, mine is small. It has the fat tires. So they're like, they're yeah, this has the fat tires too. Yeah, and I, I did. I pulled up your bike, the Jupiter bike, and it looks like, um, oh, it's on sale now. You can get it for $600, which. I, is, yeah, I think this one is like seven. It's probably the same one. Yeah. And it, so my bike is 48 volts and it has a 10 amp hour battery. This one is 36 volts and has a five amp hour battery. Yeah, there you go. Um, yours has a 350 watt motor. Mine has 500 watt motor. So mine, it's a little beefier. But yeah. it makes sense. I mean, I, I drove 25 miles today. And when I got back, the battery was on fumes. Uh, but mm -hmm. um, I just have so much fun. I don't know how fast yours goes. I, I cruised. Right it around. doesn't. I have not taken it that fast. It, well, the funny thing is, I thought, man, this is going 30, going 35. That's pretty fast. And then I realized it was kilometers <laughs> and reset it for miles. You know, so it wasn't all that fast. Uh, but again, I'm riding it on kind of windy hillside suburban streets mm -hmm. without any bike lanes or even sidewalks. You know, they're fairly narrow streets, um, which is why the fire insurance is expensive because it's hard to get a fire truck up here. But I think, I mean, it, it, here's, the, here's the interesting thing for me about these things in cities and even in the suburbs as well, they've changed the way transportation works. So many people have them now. And they're like in all of the delivery guys, the delivery guys used to have just plain old pedal bikes. They don't anymore. In New York City, they've got these kind of bikes. They've got the beefy ones. And, and they're hauling ass even more than they normally haul, haul ass, right? So, and so it's sort of like the, the population, you know, if, if you did a pie chart of the population of bike riders on bikes, bike riders on 
electric bikes, on hybrids, on on uh, walking, running, whatever that you know, whatever and cars, all of those. Put them all in a pie chart. The wedge of the pie chart that's expanding is this one. This is the one that's expanding and it's changing the way it's done. Some of the some of the street some of the rental street bikes here now are these kind of bikes and not the. Is I, I understand. I might be wrong about that, but I don't think they're the, the you know pedal power, uh, human powered um, bikes anymore. I think they're 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 also the uh, the electric kind, and I think they will be eventually. Right. That's so. Like it's an the, interesting. I like thing. the pedal assist aspect of it. That, that's yeah, the, the pedal I assist like. really like. I really like. And uh, I found so I I bought a it was like a seven or eight hundred dollars. No, maybe nine hundred. It was a really expensive expensive Cannondale bike a few years back, like an actual bicycle, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it was way more than I should have spent, but I'm like, oh, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right and get a really high quality bike. Uh, I I have already ridden this week my new electric bike more than I have ever ridden my Cannondale cumulatively. Wow. Wow. Uh, because it's just fun. And, you know, I don't get as, I mean, I say I rode 25 miles today, right? And that's a long way. It's not like riding 25 miles on a regular bike. You know, it, probably the equivalent of maybe a five mile bike ride. Oh, hmm. the exercise I got. Yeah, My in terms of your, yeah. your, your expenses, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, that's the thing though. I mean, I would never ride five miles. I was going to say, would you have done fun. a five mile bike ride? No, but I mean, I spent like an hour and a half uh, and it was great. I, I cannot explain how much fun I had on this. Thing. I think the kid, the kid analogy works for me. I understand yes. that because when I was young, I would ride for all, I would ride all over the city of Houston, to be honest. I would drive, I would ride my bike all the way downtown. Like it was crazy. Yeah. I would, um, it helps yeah, us flat hours. You know, yeah, it does flat, which is flat. great. But yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not 15 or 12 or however old I was anymore. And, and, there are enough hills along the bio that I, I struggle to ride my bike. <laughs> That's the other thing too. We live on a really steep hill. I mean, a, just a steep hill that goes all the way down into Grand Traverse Bay. Um, so, I mean, the, it, it's a really miserable hill to even walk up, much less ride a bike up. But with this, it's like, I have to pedal a little bit, but barely any to get up the hill at the end. So at the end of a 25 mile ride, I'm like, all right, let's zip up the hill and go home. It was Oh, it just, it feels like you're a kid again. Oh, you're really selling again. this. Did you go I down along the bay? I am or tempted. Did you... They totally need to give yeah. me. Yeah. Where'd you go? Did we you go inland or? Trails here. So I had to, I had to go through downtown. Downtown here is a tiny little, it's a tourist town, uh, Petoskey, Michigan, if you've ever been here. Yeah. It's, it's not a big town. Um, but in Michigan, you can ride on all roads unless you can't go on a freeway because they're minimum speed limits. But um, any other road, a bicycle can go. We don't have bike lanes here, but you just in the regular lane. So I have to go through downtown uh, to get to the the trail that's on the lake. And then I literally just went for miles and miles along the lake on this like pathway that's there for walkers and bikers. Um, I actually went to several towns along the way. Uh, it was just great. Yeah, I feel like- Did, did wow, you go toward Bay Harbor or did you go the other direction? The other way actually yeah so i forgot you you know the area up here yeah you can actually take it all the way through bay harbor to charlevoix there's a paved path all the way to charlevoix oh. um from my house but i went the other way i went to lanson because uh my wife works that way and then she wants to ride her bike to to work so i was trying to get a path for her that was uh that was awesome but yeah it it was just so much fun it, it was so much fun so much fun in fact that uh, the one thing that worries me about it, when I went 25 miles today, I started to get um, charge anxiety. Because oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 my anxiety would be what when you when you're done with it, are you now pushing this bike rather than riding it? That's the thing. Like, what if I get? Yeah. What if I'm three miles away from home and my battery dies? I'm yeah. Not, well, how does that I mean, work? Can you take a backup battery? Can you can you well, charge that's, it? So that's the next part of the story. One, you can ride it with no battery, but because it's a mine is a lower end bike, it weighs like. 70 pounds and yeah. so pedaling a 70 pound fat tire bike yeah is a chore right i'm not gonna if i got stuck three miles away from home i ain't i'm not i'm leaving it there and calling an uber which we don't even have here but anyway <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I actually went online today and ordered uh, another battery now they're really expensive but i ordered one from aliexpress you know where it comes from china but all batteries come from china let's be honest all yeah. the batteries come from china um so I, I ordered one and 
the ones that you can get for the bike are only 10 amp hour. I bought one that is 14 amp hour, which means I can probably go like 35 miles in, uh, yeah, pretty excited about that. How much does it weigh? Would you put it in a backpack and just haul, haul yeah, it along? I, so there's a nice cargo rack in the back. I'm just going to bungee cord it down. And they're not that big. It looks so. Looking at the picture of your Jupiter bike, I bet the batteries are very similar. Uh, it goes oh, really? Right in the tube yeah, and the batteries maybe. Oh, you know. And, I mean, and in terms of its dimensions, it's like a it's a, a, a bigger than a phone, but th much thicker, of course. But yeah, mine's like a two that by big. four. Mine's like a two by four, maybe a yeah. It's like a hook four. of a two by four. It's yep. like eight inches of a two by four. Yep. Mine's yeah. mine's probably like sixteen inches long because it's bigger. Yeah. Better. But yeah, right. it's that same thing. So yeah, I just strap it on the cargo rack in the back of the bike, which mine comes with a nice little cargo rack, and yeah, I can drive forever. <laughs> this is so tempting. I mean, so we have the opposite exercise season, of course, in Texas. So it's the summer when you definitely want to be indoors, <laughs> not outdoors. I wonder. But now it's almost winter. I wonder. I mean, when you have wind whipping at you 15 miles an hour, I have to wear a jacket. It was really warm today, but I had to wear a jacket because it's cold. Really? Going, yeah. Of course, I'll, I'll admit. I mean, I live in paradise here in the summertime. You know, I was going yeah, along no, the lake shore. I live in a swamp. So, yeah. Different. Yeah. yeah. There's no amount of breeze that makes it any better, to be honest. But I feel like this episode <laughs> should be sponsored by electric e-bikes because my I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. They need to, I will, I'll, I'll email them. Hey, can you give us a code? <laughs> yeah, and it took, it or, took so long. Can you just let me have a discount? Every e-bike company is so backordered. I ordered these. Mm. So I, I got a pair of them and it was Donna's birthday gift from me. Like, I, I, I know I got a bike out of it. So it's kind of a like, is this really a gift for her? But I, I bought an experience as a gift, right? So that we could go bike riding together. I ordered them in mid July. Her birthday is mid August, and it arrived on Labor Day. <laughs> so they wow. are back ordered. Yeah. Huh. So I guess they don't need our yeah. help. Oh, well. <laughs> That's too funny. So they this is right the non-internet of one thing. Uh, yeah, this is way better than the internet of things. Yeah, yeah. But then I made it, I connected it, right? Because I'm wearing my stupid Apple watch and I said like outdoor, outdoor cycle thing. So it tracked me GPS and I'll probably get ads for the restaurant that I drove by. Maybe. <laughs> does it think you're actually riding like a real bike Could've... for 25 miles? It does. <laughs> you like all this. It does. You have That's burned good. 15 million calories. <laughs> But it's also tracking my heartbeat. So it's like, oh, so I don't it know, your heartbeat yeah. was like 105. I don't think you're really biking 15 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sorry. I went on and on and on because it's no, that's no, great. This is great. No, that's, uh, um, you were, great. You're, a, you're a pedal assisted. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's really I'm cool. Like, you know, I think, uh, I think it's fun for people to hear these kind of recommendations. I am. So this is the so pedal assist episode. <laughs> Pedal assist, yeah. Do you guys have rental places around? I mean, I live I live in a place that it makes sense that there's rental bike rentals all over because uh, it's you know in the in Galveston, which is an hour from here. That's that's okay. would be probably I mean we have some like some you know day trip touristy areas. Okay. Because yeah, the, the e-bikes, there's like probably three or four places in town that you can rent them. They're kind oh, of wow. pricey to rent too. I've never rented one. I probably should have, but it's fine because now I, I own one. <laughs> Hmm. Cool. I should rent mine out. Oh, hey, they, they the go. electric e-bikes are in stock right now. Yeah, I actually saw that okay. just now. And they had been like four to six weeks out and they say that they're in stock right now. So yeah, you have to look. Yeah. Some models are, some models aren't. The uh, We're in our family. We have people like uh, my, uh, our number two daughter works for, um, a clothing company called Fabletics. And to so we clear, get her. To be clear, this is the order of birth, right? This isn't like your second. That, that's correct. This is order of birth. <laughs> We're talking about birth order. They are all number one in other okay. ways. All right. Sorry to yeah, interrupt you. I sure. thought that was, that Our, was worth interrupting. I'm just, I have to cap down for that. <laughs> Our, uh, I should have one of our daughters. Anyway, she, she works for uh, Fabletics and, and it, we're, regaled with stories of, of what's happened to the supply chain. Supply chains of all kinds are really screwed up right now. And for yes. all kinds of reasons that just all started with COVID, but are echoes of everything. And and you screw up one, it affects another, another, another. Containers used to cost like a couple thousand dollars to rent. 
because, you know, there's container shipping. And now they're like $18,000, $22,000. And, that, and that, those costs get put in, you know, because that's the cost of moving goods. You know, that, that, uh, that giant ship that went aground in the Suez Canal, that had massive uh, outcomes, you know, in, <clears throat> in slowing the supply chains down. It's probably going to take a while because in the middle of it, you have a whole lot of people saying, I didn't like the last job I had and I want to move to another town and, you know, all kinds of things. Right. So supply chain. And then are the chip shortages part of that supply chain? I think I'm think sure they are. I'm sure they are. Because I was thinking that when you said the, all these batteries are coming from, from China, from China. Well, where does China get its lithium? A lot of lithium comes from here. A lot of it comes from South America. Where, how, how's that moving around? How's that going? You know, that's, that's an interesting question, mm. right? And that's, by the way, an element in the periodic table that's in finite supply. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, and that's scary how much we're, we're moving to electric stuff. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Battery technology. Exactly. I mean, lithium is already, is it, is it a rare earth element or is it just a, a metal that is fairly rare? Uh, it, it, I think it's, I don't, I don't know whether technically it's a rare earth element because I didn't take chemistry, um, but I know some of it, uh, but I, I know it is a, a fairly rare, hard to get element. It's, it's down in the earth. They have to pump it out. They use fluids to pump it out and then they cool it and sort it out on these huge pools on desert floors that are, they do the same thing with uh, salt and phosphorus and uh, other things like that. But uh, makes for very colorful ponds. I've taken photos of those that if you look up lithium mining on Wikipedia, probably one of my photos will be there. That's how I know a little bit about it. Say, oh, look where that photo went. Hmm. Um, and that was of Nevada, the one that we have in Nevada. But there are, there are you know, but it's, it is finite. It is one of those things like tungsten. I mean, it, it, tungsten, for example, was put on earth primarily by um, by asteroids that hit after the earth got hard. Like when the earth was soft and forming, all the heavy elements went to the core of the earth, right? But so if you're finding heavy elements near the surface of the earth, there's something else that put it there. And in, in, the, case of, in the case of certain rare elements like tungsten, uh, it, it was asteroids. What uh, the case with iron is actually, it came from iron in solution in oceans that got precipitated out by microbial animals 2 billion years ago. And that's what created the banded iron formations of Northern Michigan and, and Wisconsin and 2 billion years ago. And, and it's finite. Iron is finite on our surface too. You're older than I thought, doc. I didn't realize. I, uh, yeah, I was there. I was there. Tell you about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is lithium one of the ones like magnesium that like explodes? With yeah. With water. Mm -hmm. Water. Yeah. I know it, it's one of the same. I just ones had to though. look it up. I took a lot. I took a lot of chemistry and I remember very little of it, but I did just yeah. look it up and it is an alkali metal and it is just under hydrogen. I had a buddy <laughs> um, when I was a senior and taking my SATs for the third or fourth time, trying to get them up to like an average level. I was a horrible test taker. And a buddy of mine was a year behind. He was a junior and he'd taken two months of, uh, of chemistry. And we, I sat next to him, we were doing the SATs and he's just, he's going through the book and he's checking off everything. And he's like, it just, it doesn't take me longer to answer a question than it does to read the damn thing. Um, I, for, for me, it was like, I, I skipped an answer. I get to the end and they say, stop, put down your pencils right at the point where I realized that I skipped one on the answer sheet, but not uh, on the test. And so I was one off for like about 40 of them. Anyway, um, he says, I want to stay and take the chemistry test. I said, dude, you've only taken two months for this. He says, yeah, but I read the book, he says. He got an 800 on that. He got a perfect score. <laughs> on it. It, was, it was then that I knew there actually are people who are, they just have tighter packed brain cells or something uh, than I do. You know, I think, so I was one of those people that I, I've always done really good at tests, right? But I don't think that it's necessarily like I'm better at stuff. I think that my brain remembers question-like yeah. trivia. Like if, if I read through a chapter, my brain's like, that's going to be a question. That's going to be a question. We'll store <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that information, but I can answer questions about that <laughs> because I don't know You're that clever. it's like practical. You know, I, I have witnessed this skill in, in live and in person. I wrote, you know, like, you know, remember at conferences, you, you were that guy who you could listen to kind of a spiel and pick out and remember exactly the right pieces so that you could spit it back and sounded like an expert on the topic. It's amazing. 
there's a and i know nothing about it it's yeah (laughs) it's great though it works well many years years ago i i for the globe and mail in canada uh they hired me to do a a review of like five books that had come out all at once about bill gates they were all biographies of bill gates and so i became for that you know for the several weeks it took me to go through all those books a kind of an authority on Bill Gates. But the thing, one of them that stood out for me was a story about how at the high school he went to, which I think is called Lakeside uh, or Lake something in Seattle, you know, a, a premier prep school um, that he was in a, uh, he was in a class play, maybe even in junior high school. And he memor- he was at a lead part in the play and he memorized the whole thing. He just, he memorized the script in like one or two passes and did well at it, you know, supposedly, you know, but, but that he could read something and remember it like that to me is astonishing that that could be done, but people could do it. My son is actually not bad at that. He's a pretty good actor. He can look at a script a few times and, and have it down. Um, and I look at that and I think, how is this possible? It's like the colorblind person imagining color. My wife is a drama teacher and my youngest, you know, I mean, so my kids have been in like every play every year because, mm-hmm. you know, um, not just nepotism, they're actually skilled because they don't have a choice <laughs> but to do it, right? Um, my youngest was was that kid who remembered the entire, like everybody's line, right? I mean, yeah. she, she just knew her lines, she knew everybody's lines, she knew every song, whether she sang it or not. And it annoyed her when people forgot their lines because she's like, I know your lines and I don't, I'm not even you. So, <laughs> yeah, I, some people are, I don't know. Brains are funny, right? I, I, yeah. They just know they, yeah, brains are funny. Yeah, Churchill supposedly like knew the works of Shakespeare. Just you ask him any passage and he had it for you, which is amazing. I can tell you the combination to every lock I had in high school. And, oh, I, 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 and if you know me, I even had a car accident and I don't remember high school. But I know that's so weird. <laughs> oh, that is weird. But you can remember the lock. Yeah, like my mom, she'll she'll be cleaning and she found the lock and it was a master lock with a blue knob. And I'm like, oh, the combination is 83012. She tried it. Sure enough, I don't remember having that lock, but I saw the lock. I'm like, I know that combination. I I know my My seventh grade locker was 11444. My my New Jersey driver's license was S20414661 07472. I think, do I need to edit that out? No, I was going to say, and by the way, I I don't use these for passwords. 50 years ago. Okay. Nobody, that that, that is of completely no no relevance. I'm sure it would have been digitized. I don't know. I don't even know if New Jersey has the same kind of driver's licenses at all anymore. Um, I mean, this is like, I mean, we're data mining for people, right? Like, I can tell you my, my, um, my first it, phone tell number. Me the, yeah, tell but me I the name of your first phone yeah. Sean. What, yeah. what street did you grow up on? Phone. See, my phone number is, is Diamond Two O Five Seven O. Yeah, I, and, oh, and all seven. those are all those are safe for me to to share because I don't. I'm nothing. None of my security questions are true. None of my. <laughs> I mean, I, I, <laughs> you know, there's reality, and then there's the answer that I use for security questions. And uh, yeah, yeah. So mother's maiden name. So you, your mother's maiden name is <laughs> is uh, is Lurfenstertle. <laughs> never right. use that for anything I, I think you know like sometimes the bank even will ask you those things and i'll make a, a safe encrypted note somewhere of what i told them because <laughs> I'm, i don't want them to know my yeah, yeah. i'm not going to read my social number on the podcast though because that one i yeah unfortunately that one i can't lie about <laughs> well i mean you could right now yeah <laughs> yeah my social it's one two number three is, four, and there's going to be like some guy in iowa is like what the heck man <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, so speaking of, of uh, we've kind of accidentally stumbled back into the realm of privacy. I wanted to actually, before we sign off, there was something that you said, Sean, earlier that I wanted to kind of mention. And that's something like you were losing your street cred by admitting that you were going to use something that reports Dr. Facebook. And I kind of wanted to, like, Make I, sure everybody heard how much of a loser I am. No, <laughs> no, I just, I don't think that I don't think it works that way. Like so, so uh, we we mentioned Apple several times in both positive and negative light. Um, but during this whole uh, CSAM kerfuffle that happened, a lot of people who were very outspoken critics of the policy or the proposed policy 
uh, were also being criticized by people saying, well, but you use Apple products. Why are you, you know, how can you rally against them when you're, you know, you're a hypocrite or something? And, and they're like, and, and, and I, I think that's such a ridiculous idea because, it, you know, you can use a thing. I mean, we use Facebook and we can still criticize it and we can still, you know, we can still hope that the company will do better and we can still hope for a better internet and we can, you know, hope for all of these things and, and advocate for them without, without doing a full on boycott of, the yeah, thing. you know, I still like fair. Apple products, but I want them to do better. I want them to give me a product that I like even better than the ones that I have. So, so boycotting isn't the only yeah. way to to push back like, i guess that's we true. are americans we don't necessarily agree with everything that america does so that doesn't mean we shouldn't speak up right yeah my wife is i am a texan that, and we what would you yeah yeah <laughs> we should not have this conversation because yeah. I, am, I live in texas so. <laughs> it's own country again yeah there you go yeah it kind of seems that way lately I am, I'm a woman who lives in Texas. Yay. Lucky me. Anyway, we're going to stop there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think so. my point of all of this is, you know, you know, you know, I like, I, I like the idea of the people giving informed consent, you know, even, even if it's reluctant, you know, you, you have identified a product that is valuable enough to you that you're willing to compromise and you know what you're agreeing to. And I think that's okay. You know, nobody's going to think less of you just because you're willing to use a thing. Uh, you know, you just, you know, I think you know what you're getting into and we can still hope that these things improve over time and that people like us who aren't necessarily zealots and all or nothing, um, you know, have an all or nothing mindset. I think we can still advocate for change. Yeah. I think that was a really important thing to say, Catherine. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it's yeah. When you I don't think less of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. But boycotting isn't the only answer. You know, yeah. you can, yeah, I, I, that, that's, that's a good lesson because that's pretty elitist, right? I mean, you know, like, well, I just don't use anything that's connected to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elite is maybe not the word I would use, but yes, it is a, it's a different mindset. And that's fine too. If you want to boycott about Apple products because you don't agree with something they do, go for it. Not, you know, that's totally fine too. It's, you know, it's, they, I think I think our goal collectively is probably just to share our thoughts and, and share information and promote certain ideas, but that doesn't, you, then you, you digest them and you make your own choices. So, well, my anyway. Mac mini locks up hard at least once a day, usually while I'm drawing my comics. So I'm considering boycotting this Mac mini in my office. <laughs> well, really that's enough, but that's another whole story. Um, yeah. So yeah, get a bike, be healthier, have fun. That's the moral of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, doc. Thanks everybody. Oh yeah. Thank our, uh, our, our contributors, our Patreon contributors and our coffee contributors and the people who send us the fun emails and the people who've bought our t-shirts, some of whom I have seen on the Twitters and some of them I have not. Um, that's really cool that people did that. So thanks. Uh, and until next time.